John chapter number 11. If you've been following along, you're probably already there. You knew where we were headed this morning. I don't know what week we're on. I think we're seven weeks out from Easter now. I say that because next week we'll be in chapter 12 of John. There's, there you go. i tell you where we're going to be, all right? Next week we're going to be in chapter 12 of John, and we're going to be looking at uh, Mary's anointing of Jesus. And the Bible gives us a timeline on that and tells us that it was six days before the Passover. So uh, it would have taken place six days before uh, the death of Jesus Christ. So as we look, <clears throat> we started uh, uh, 10 weeks out from Easter and we have been walking with Jesus. We started off uh, with his declaration uh, that he would go and that he would uh, uh, offer himself, he would die on a cross, be taken by the Jews, delivered to the Gentiles, he would be scorned, he would be mocked, he would be crucified. He would be buried, and three days later, he would rise again. Jesus prophesied of that. He told of his death prior to the cross, about two weeks out, somewhere in that neighborhood, 10 days, two weeks out, he told of that. We walked with him. From there, we walked into Jericho. As we come into Jericho, uh, we found some blind men that were sitting by the wayside, a blind man in particular by the name of Bartimaeus. And uh, we met Bartimaeus, and there Bartimaeus was healed of his blindness. We walked into the city, and there we found a publican last week. And that publican uh, we know was a chief publican. His name was Zach. Zacchaeus, and we, we tied in not only Zacchaeus, uh, but we tied in to the rich man that happened just prior. You'll remember the rich man, the rich young ruler that came to Jesus. That happened just prior to Jesus' prophecy. And uh, we tied the two of them together and even went back further to a parable where Jesus gave a parable of the rich and how, how they trusted in their riches, how they trusted in their abilities, and that that would not get them to heaven. And so we tied all of that together last week with little old Zacchaeus, a wee little man was he, right? And this week we move into John, those were, that was Luke chapter number 18, Luke chapter number 19, but today we've moved over into John chapter number 11. Now for a many a day in my life, for a long period of time in my life, I thought that Lazarus got resurrected way before the cross. Matter of fact, in my mind, Lazarus was uh, 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 resurrected and, and lived a, a decent life coming up to the cross, but from what I can read in Scripture and what I, I can find, I, many people, by the way, this is debated a lot as to how long this particular uh, uh, event or when this particular event took place. Some say that it took place six months before the cross. All right, uh, but they're wrong. Is everybody all right? Some say that it took place two months before the cross, and everybody look at me, they're wrong, all right? Now, what we do know is that the Passover was very near. Now, the Bible tells us this in John chapter number 11 at the, end of the ver or at the end of the chapter, the Passover was near, and people were already traveling to Jerusalem. In the very next verse, in the very next, or the first verse of chapter number 12, we learned that we were 
were only six days away from the Passover, all right? So this happened, I can't give you definitively when this happened or when this took place, but the raising of Lazarus, which is what chapter number 11 is about, took place very close to the cross. It wasn't something that was way out. It was something that Jesus did on his way to the cross. He lets us know and lets the disciples know that the reason that he is doing this is for their benefit. And we're going to get into that a little bit as we get into the sermon. But uh, there's a lot of reading that probably needs to be done. And I'm going I'm to shy away from that because there's like 50-something verses, 57, 58 verses in the chapter. And I love to read the Bible, but 57, 58 verses is going to be a long read, all right? And so we're going to take a look and hit the high spots as we go through here and just give you an idea of what's going on. The Bible tells us, starting off in chapter number 11 and verse number 1, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary that, uh, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, chronologically, this hadn't happened yet. But yet, John, you have to understand, John's writing some probably 20 years, 30, maybe even 40 or 50 years after this and telling us, recanting the story to us. And you can see in the scripture that it is put in parentheses, if you will, but it was put there because the readers had an understanding of who Mary was. Is everybody all right? Y'all remember that Jesus said that this would be a memorial to her. And that it would be for years to come, it would be a memorial to her. And so, very well, this is probably the reason that it is written here, even though we do not actually see this taking place until John chapter number 12 and next week, all right? Now, verse number 3, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. I, I was reading behind uh, one of them. I, I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said that Lazarus very well could have been the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he said the truth is, is that God or Jesus loves all the same. Is everybody all right? And so uh, we know that John, uh, he refers to himself as that disciple whom Jesus loved several times. But Lazarus here, we find out, is one that was loved by Jesus too. Mary was loved by Jesus and Martha was loved by Jesus. Is everybody all right? I, I, I want to point this out. They were all different. Uh, Martha was busy and cumbered about with many things and then Mary sat at Jesus' feet and some would even call her lazy. Is everybody all right? And Lazarus, I don't know what Lazarus' deal is. He's just sitting around the table, all right? And, uh, I, I, but anyhow, uh, uh, God loved each and one of them in their, own, in their own skin. Is everybody all right? What I'm trying to say is don't try to be like everybody else. God made you exactly who he wanted you to be, and he loves you that way. Let me move on. Verse number four, the Bible says, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, mm, we're starting to get into something. Is everybody all right? How would Jesus be glorified? Okay, by raising from the dead, by raising Lazarus from the dead. Is that what everybody believes? 
All right, this, this is, Jesus is referring to the cross here. That is how the Son of God might be glorified. Do you understand? He's performed miracles. Has he raised people from the dead? I mean, by this, he's already raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He's already raised the, the widow, remember the widow whose son had died and they were in a funeral procession and Jesus touched the bier or the coffin and said, get up or rise up, right? So it wouldn't have been the first time that Jesus raised somebody from the dead. So it's a good answer, but this reference is to the cross. Now, let me try to explain this and I'm going I'm to mess my sermon up. I know I am. But I want you to understand that Jesus knew that this one event would lead to the cross. Does everybody understand what I'm saying now? If you don't, we'll look at it in Scripture. But Jesus knew that by Him raising Lazarus from the dead, that this one event would lead to Him being on that cross. The Bible tells us later in chapter number 11 that a council was gathered together because Lazarus was raised from the dead and they sought to kill Jesus from that day forward. A matter of fact, the high priest Caiaphas, he said this. He said, it is good that one man should die for the nation. And what he was meaning by that was that it was better for this troublemaker, Jesus, to die than for the nation to suffer. What he didn't realize was God was using an evil man to prophesy one of the greatest truths of the Bible, and that was that God sent his only begotten son to die for all of us. <laughs> but this is how... The Son of God would be glorified. He would be glorified by His death on the cross and ultimately His resurrection. All right? So Jesus is letting us know something, and many of us missed it, and so did the disciples. All right? So we're no different. We're okay. All right? Now, verse number 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When He had heard, therefore, that He was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. I need somebody to help me right here because I'm struggling to understand how somebody that loves someone would know that they are sick now unto death and would just hang out for another two days. Is everybody all right? Now we know the rest of the story. Come on, y'all. We know the rest of the story, but what if you didn't? What if you, uh, maybe you have, maybe you've gone to God in prayer and said, hey, Lord, this thing is nigh unto the end. I need you to step in and there's silence. I need somebody to help me. We've all experienced it to some degree, right? We've all gone through these things. God, this is what I think I need. We wouldn't say it that way. This is what we say. God, this is what I need. <laughs> all right? And God, I'm going to need you to perform. All right? I'm going to need you to come through for me because I need you to do this, and I need you to do this now. Right? So here we find that Jesus delays. The Bible tells us, if you're taking notes this morning, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to just outline the chapter, and the first thing I want to talk about is his delay, if you're taking notes. He delayed. The Bible tells us that he waited 
two days. He got the message. He waited two days. He had a day's journey, is everybody with me, back to Judea. And there, when he gets there, we find out that Lazarus has been dead how many days? Four. He'd been in the grave four days. Is everybody with me? So when Jesus got the news, more than likely Lazarus was already dead. Everybody all right? Now, Mary and Martha, of course, they, they will challenge Jesus here later in Scripture, and they will say unto him, If thou had come, our brother wouldn't be dead. But if you do the math on it, Lazarus more than likely would have been dead before Jesus arrived. And so Jesus delayed his coming two days, all right? And then he came, and when he got there, he had been laid in the grave four days, all right? And Martha said it this way, he stinketh by now. Amen. He smelled, well, you know what he said? He's so, listen, listen, he's not just dead, but his body has begun to decompose. This is what they're saying. In other words, there was no doubt about this one. See, the, the, Jairus' daughter died when Jesus was on the way. As far as we know, on the widow woman, her son was on the way to be buried. And so he died relatively closely. But Lazarus was already in the grave. Is everybody seeing what I'm saying here? You'll remember that several of them scoffed at him about uh, Jairus' daughter. He, when he told them she's not dead, she just sleeps. And they scoffed at him and laughed at him and scorned him because he would say something like that. But yet he told them after he raised her from the dead, don't be going around telling everybody what went on. And so he comes, we see Jesus getting there in four days after he had been placed into the tomb or placed, yeah, into the tomb. Because we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll find out. But we look at his delay. We looked at the prompting of his delay. I believe he delayed because Lazarus was already dead and he was going to do a work greater than anybody had ever seen before. But the reason I say that is because, yes, he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. And, and you and I know the scripture and so we're very much in agreement and believe that he did that. You and I know that he raised that boy from, the, from that, that coffin, and you and I agree with that. But the scoffers would say they weren't dead that, he, they weren't dead that long. Now Jesus is dealing with one that has been dead four days and his body has begun to decompose. We see his delay. We see the purpose of his delay. Let's keep reading. The Bible says this uh, in verse number 7. Then after that uh, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. And his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And just like the disciples, you and I, we'd have done the same thing. Y'all read this with me. He then said to his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. 
Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse number 15. Now that was after two days. Is everybody with me? After two days, he got the news. After two days, he lets them know Lazarus is already dead. All right? 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. We see the purpose of the delay. What was the purpose of Jesus delaying? That the disciples may believe. You understand? Let's go to the second point as we outline this chapter and look at his disciples. We looked at his delay, but before we get much farther, let's go ahead and look at his disciples. They were completely ignorant, not only of Lazarus' death, but ultimately of Jesus' death. I mean, they thought that he was going to be stoned. Now, this doesn't mean a whole lot to us unless you know Luke chapter number 18 where he's already prophesied that he would be crucified. You remember, he's even prophesied that he would be raised from the dead after three days and the disciples missed it. Over and over again, Jesus proved to them and told them what he was going to do, the timeline he was going to do it, and yet... We find the disciples over and over again ignorant in their belief. Can I get a witness right here? We're ignorant in our belief. We're no different than the disciples. We know what the Word of God says, but you let trouble come into your life, and all of a sudden you doubt everything you know about God's Word. You'll stand up here in a setting like this with a microphone in your hand, testify and tell everybody about how God will never leave you nor forsake you. God's always there for you. God will comfort you. But when you get in trouble and you're all alone and you're sitting in that room all by yourself, I need somebody to help me right here. We start wondering, is God really here? Is God really in this? Will God really comfort? Will God really do We're no different than the disciples. Jesus said that the purpose of his delay was for them. Did y'all catch that? Jesus said, I am glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. He said, I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. Why? To the intent, to the purpose that ye may believe. He is talking to his disciples. He's not talking to a group of people that's following him around. He is literally talking to the 12 that have walked with him for the last three years and still struggle with believing who he is. To the intent that you may believe. The Bible goes on and we'll read it here in a little bit, but we'll find out that Jesus did this for Martha's belief as well. We'll even go a little further and we'll find out that Jesus' prayer right before he raises Lazarus from the dead, he calls out on the Father and says, I know you hear me. And he says, I didn't say that because I don't believe you hear me. He said, I said that for the people that are around me that they may believe that you sent me. 
So the whole purpose of Lazarus' death, the whole purpose of this delay was so that people would believe. The disciples would believe. Martha would believe. Man, y'all stay with me. Is everybody all right? I, I hope y'all getting this. The disciples would believe, Martha would believe, and the many people that were around would believe. You know who ain't included in that? Mary. She believed. <laughs> I Come next week and I'll tell you all about Mary, all right? Hey, he didn't have to worry about convincing Mary. She believed. But Martha needed assurance. The disciples needed assurance. The people needed assurance about who Jesus was. And so Jesus is nearing the cross. We see his delay with Lazarus. We see his disciples. We see their ignorance. We see their inspiration. What would be their inspiration? He told them he would raise from the dead. And by raising Lazarus from the dead, it would inspire them that this too could be done in their time. Is everybody with me? We see his delay. We see his disciples. Number three, we see his declaration. Let's take a look at this. The Bible tells us in verse number uh, uh, 21, the Bible says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Then saith unto her, Then Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. This was a promise from Jesus, all right? We notice his declaration. First, we notice his promise that your brother will rise again. But then he goes on deeper. The Bible says, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She didn't understand. She had ignorance when it came to what Jesus was speaking of. And she says, I know. Mm, Y'all got to understand something. Martha did have some faith. Martha believed that Jesus was sent from God, and therefore anything he asked of God, God would give it to him. Did y'all catch that in that verse? He said this. Martha said this. She says, but I know that even now. She says, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't die. But I know even now. In other words, I know if you'd have been here, he'd have been alive, but I still believe that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. And so we see this faith, much like the faith of three Hebrew boys that was in a fire, that said, our God shall deliver us, but if not, O King. (laughs) Man, some good stuff. There's a pile of stuff in this book, pile of stuff in this chapter. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Listen to what Jesus, this is the declaration. He made a promise to her and then Jesus said unto her, verse 25, I am the resurrection. (laughs) Hey, Lordy. I am the resurrection. Now, to the modern day Bible reader, that doesn't mean a whole lot. But when you go back into the Old Testament, God revealed himself to Moses and gave Moses a name for himself. I am 
that I... Mm. Anytime Jesus uses the phrase, I am, Jesus is letting you know exactly who he is. Is everybody getting what I'm saying right here? Yes, he was man. In all points, he was as man. John eleven thirty five, the verse that every single one of you have memorized, Jesus wept. Is everybody all right? That very verse shows us his humanity. But what many do not understand in Scripture and what many do not understand today was that Jesus was God Himself. And over and over again, He told them He was God. And He tells her, I am. If He'd have stopped right there, it would have been all right. He didn't have to go any farther. All he said was, I am. Oh, man, I'm starting to feel something right here. Is everybody all right? We are talking about the voice that spoke out of nothing and created the entire earth. He spoke to her and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me. Though he were dead and in a tomb, hey man, he's talking about Lazarus, yet shall he live. Next verse. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall, everybody help me right here, never die. Believest thou this? Jesus is telling her exactly who he is. He is telling her exactly what he is capable of. He said, I am the resurrection. In other words, whatever is dead in your life, I have the power to raise it up. And whatever is alive in your life, I have the power to give it life and life more abundant. says, yea, though you were dead, he shall live. Yea, though they are alive, he says, or liveth, <laughs> and believeth in me, they shall never die. Now, is he talking about a physical death here? Mm. Are y'all missing this? He ain't talking about a physical death. Did Lazarus die? Yeah, yeah he did. Lazarus died I'm going to walk over here and say it because y'all don't even look like y'all believe it. Lazarus died. You know why I think Jesus wept? Because he had to bring him back. Mm. I, mm. You know, I, I think the reason that Jesus wept was because he had to bring him back. He had to go through that whole process again and die again. I'm thinking, I need somebody to help me right here. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I, Lord, I'm just telling this right now in front of everybody. If I'm already there, don't call me back. Can you imagine? Jesus steps out. I, we ain't even got there yet, but they rolled a stone back and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And I, just me. I'm wondering if Lazarus didn't look around and say, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> why? If there was anybody that had a good reason to ask God why, it was Lazarus. 
I wonder if that ain't the reason in John chapter number 12 we find him sitting at the table quiet. I need somebody to help me. Lazarus was bitter. Sitting there at the table like, you got to be kidding me. You brought me back with these fools. One of them going to right, Never mind. Let me stop right there. <laughs> if they knew what I knew, they wouldn't want to be at this table right now. We see his declaration. I love Jesus right here. He says his intent. He gives his purpose. He declares exactly who he is. All in two verses. He lays out redemption in two verses. He says those that are dead, they'll yet live. And those that liveth and believeth on me shall never die. He wasn't talking about a physical death. He was talking about a spiritual death. I need everybody in this building to listen to me right now. Your physical death, your day is appointed. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the Bible says, the judgment. Jesus is not talking about a physical death. We all have a death date. My death date's different than yours. Mine may be tomorrow. Mine might be this afternoon. Yours may be sooner than mine. The question isn't, am I going to die? We all going to die. The question is, are you going to live? Jesus said, he that believeth on me shall never die. That means he keeps living. Everybody all right? This is talking about a spiritual death. This is talking about a spiritual separation from God. For the wages of sin is but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look, and believeth in me. It ain't hard. It ain't difficult. Jesus didn't make it. I need somebody to help me. Salvation isn't something you got to work for. It's not something you got to earn. It's not a 12-step process. It's not about you getting wet in that tank back there and being baptized. Man, I almost cringe every time I ask somebody, have you been saved? And they say, I got baptized. Whoa, 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 whoa. I ain't got nothing to do with you being saved. Jesus said, he that believeth in me shall never die. It's amazing to me that Jesus didn't say, he that is baptized. I mean, for somebody to be so sure, Brother Johnny, that you got to be baptized to be saved, it's amazing to me that the one that saved them didn't say you got to be baptized. Seems like this would have been the perfect opportunity for him to say, y'all need to run down to the river and get baptized. Let me move on. I done made some people mad. His delay, his disciples, his declaration, his directions. Mmm. I see the first question Jesus asked in verse number 34, where have you laid him? Verse number 39, he makes another command. He says, take ye away the stone. <clears throat> Martha said, whoa, hold on a minute. Let's think about this. It's been four days. He stinks. 
Let's just leave him where he lays. Somebody help me right here. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Then we see his third command. And when he thus had spoken... He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. Man, I don't think you and I, I don't even think we and I got a grasp on this. I've already mentioned it once, but Jesus was the creating part of the triune. The Bible tells us that all things were made by him and for him. The Bible tells us that He made all things and all things were made for His pleasure. Is everybody with me? In both of those passages of Scripture, in Colossians chapter number 1 and in Revelation, in both passages of Scripture, it is literally talking about Jesus Christ. He is the one who spoke the world into existence. He is the one that formed man in the garden out of the dust of the ground. He is the one that spoke out of nothing and said, Listen, let there be light. And the same one that spoke in the beginning speaks now standing outside of a grave. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. With the same power that he created the universe, he called Lazarus from the grave. I've heard many say that if he'd have said come forth, the whole, everybody that was dead would have come out. He had to be specific. He calls Lazarus and he tells him to come forth. And then I want you to look at this in verse number 44. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto him, Loose or them, loose him, and let him go. The fourth command that Jesus gives. First he says, take me to where you laid him. Where you laid him at? Next, he says, take away the stone. Then he says, Lazarus, come forth. Then he says, loose him. I need somebody to hear me right now. There's some things that you've laid in the grave. There's some things that you've thought, sure, God wanted for your life and that God was going to do in your life. And you, just like the disciples and just like Martha, are having a hard time believing right now that God can do it in your life. And the only way that you are ever going to see what God has full potential for you is to take Jesus back to the place where you laid those things. To take away whatever unbelief and whatever is blocking that uh, resurrection from taking place and allow God's timing for him to say, come forth. And then you need to loose it and let it go. There's some things God wants to do in your life. And just like Lazarus, it ain't going to happen until you give God full access to what you've laid to rest. I like this. I'm going to say it and I'm going to move on. 
But Jesus, the Bible, this same word napkin is used in reference to Jesus in the book of John as well. The Bible tells us that Jesus' grave clothes was folded and laying there, and the napkin was folded and laying. All right? Many say, you know, y'all have heard the thing about the napkin. There's no way to prove any of that. That's why I've never preached it, all right? But in the scripture, Lazarus comes out with all his grave clothes. He'd need them again. When Jesus resurrected, he left the grave clothes because he would never, mm, he would never leave and need them again. I'm going to move on. We see his delay, his disciples, I'm done. His declaration, his directions, but his deliverance. His deliverance. Chapter, or verse number 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisee a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. I'm going to stop right there. I want you to listen to what they just said. We cannot deny the power that this man has. Did y'all catch that? For this man doeth not just one, he didn't just raise, they knew all of them. Many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. In other words, this is their fear that people would start following Jesus and leave them and the Roman government would push them aside. Oh, it was a power trip. Is everybody all right? Matter of fact, I believe the only reason Caiaphas was a high priest was because the government of Rome appointed him. They needed somebody in their pocket. They needed a puppet. Everybody all right? And so when this is said, their fear is they're going to lose power. Their fear is that they're going to lose a following. Their fear is, is that what they did have, Rome was going to take away from them. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he, not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die, or should die for that nation. And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. In other words, this is what John said. He said it with ill intentions. His desire was that Jesus die and the nation remain just as it was instead of the nation perishing and them following him and Rome taking all power away from him. But what he didn't know was God was using him as a mouthpiece to prophesy of what Jesus was actually doing and that he was dying not only for the nation, but that he also, or by that also he should gather together in one the children... Mm, of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. I told you in the beginning, Jesus knew he was going to die. 
Jesus knew this event would seal his fate in the cross. Everybody with me? From Matt. He knew that at this time, this event would be a turning point. This would be the time where he set his face to the cross and there was no turning back. He knew going into this that now the cross was imminent. He brought his disciples so that they would know that no matter what they seen on that cross, no matter what they seen at that tomb, he was the resurrection. Man. This was Jesus surrendering to his hour. This was Jesus setting in motion the cross of Calvary. Now we know his ultimate surrender happened in the Garden of Gethsemane and we'll go through that in a couple of weeks from now. But this, this event sealed the deal. Because from that day forth, they took counsel and how to put him to death. Jews couldn't do it. Amen. The Jews, the government, the Roman government did not give them or allow them the power to kill a man. So they started at this point devising a plan to get the Roman government involved and to crucify our Savior. I need everybody to hear me right here. Jesus, his deliverance, that's the last one. But it wasn't him delivering. Jesus was delivering himself to a lost world. To be hung on a cross, a cruel cross. To pay for the sin. Everybody listening? And the response of the people is the same response we see today. The Bible says, keep going, or no, go back. Go back to where it said many of that day believed. I think it's 45. I think it's verse 45. And I, 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 yeah. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. That's one reaction. Go to the next verse. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Second reaction. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying today you'll either choose to believe or you'll choose to reject. And rejection looks real religious. <laughs> Oh, hey, rejection, it looks real religious because it puts faith in the wrong thing. But it looks real religious. They went to the Pharisees. It looks real religious. 
but ultimately the end is not what Jesus promised he that liveth shall never die it's ultimately death not a just a physical sense but a spiritual sense and total separation from God this morning what will you choose? Heads bowed with me. There's some Christians in here. You've had to lay some things to rest that you weren't ready to lay to rest. Won't you believe Jesus? He is the resurrection and the life. You were on fire for God and something stopped it. You was excited about the things of God and something came along that you didn't understand fully and so you just laid it to rest. But God wants to do something in your life. Just as He spoke to Martha, He's speaking to you this morning. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Take me back to where you laid it. Take away whatever's blocking it. loose for God's glory maybe you're sitting in here this morning and you say preacher I don't know that I'm saved preacher I know about Jesus I know about religion I've been around it my whole life man I grew up y'all I grew up in church and rejected Jesus over and over again. I didn't get saved until I was 22 years old. Been in church since I was eight, nine years old. Been around the things of God. Been around the scripture. Was taught the right way. And yet, I rejected it. So I ain't just talking to the first-time visitor or first time you ever hearing something like this. I'm talking about those that have been sitting in a church, sitting on a pew, sitting in a chair, listening to a preacher nearly your whole life. But if you died at this moment and stood before Jesus, and He questioned you as to why He should let you into heaven, you would give no answer. Maybe you fear, as he said in Matthew chapter number 7, many will come unto me that day and say, Lord, Lord. He said, yet I'll say unto them, depart from me, for I never knew you. This morning, will you believe or will you reject it? You're sitting in this building this morning, you say, preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. Preacher, pray for me. I do not know if I died at this moment, I'd go to heaven. I want you to lift your hand right up where I can see it. Nobody's looking around but me. Is there anybody like that? I know how to end the service. Anybody like that anywhere? Put your hand down. Thank you. Anybody else? Be honest. Lord, we love you this morning. Lord, I'm thankful. Lord, for that day 
Lord, all the way back in John chapter number 11 when you came by Lazarus' tomb. A day, Lord, that you set your fate with me in mind. Lord, a day that from that point forward, the cross was on your mind. Lord, for that day forward, I was on your mind. Lord, I'm thankful for those in the building that are saved, those that know and trust you as their personal Savior. God, I'm thankful for everyone. But Lord, I know just like your disciples and just like Martha, Lord, there's times in our life where we don't understand, we don't have the answers, but God, may we know and trust who you are. I may not know what you're doing. I may not understand your ways. But God, may I know who you are. God, if I can know who you are, then I can handle the situations that I don't know how to handle. I can live in the struggles that I don't know how to overcome. If only I have an understanding of you and know you. Lord, for that one that raised their hand that's lost this morning, God, I pray in Jesus' name that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray that they not walk out of this building without being saved first and getting this thing settled. God, will be sure to give you all the honor and the glory for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.